Welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss the Cheesecake Factory, Olaf, and truck nuts. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, we're back. We said we'd do it. Here we are. Back to back tomorrow. Just yeah. never keeps not dying. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep surviving. Keep keep never not dying yeah look we're we're always dying is that double negative Who i cares? don't know you got triple, another show here triple Tell negative me. triple negative uh we're gonna we just gotta speed away in our cyber truck to to stay alive let's jump into it yeah so let's let's jump right in elon musk created the perfect post-apocalyptic environmentally friendly death machine and it's uh pretty sexy i wrote a thing I wrote a thing. <laughs> so I wrote a thing. Um, I wrote a uh, an essay about how um, the Cybertruck rules. What's hilarious is I wrote a thing, which we published on inverse.com and will be on inputmag.com when it launches very shortly. And uh, then Jeremy wrote something also that's like basically kind of similar for the outline, which I had no idea he was writing, which is good stuff, called Cybertruck rules. Um <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yes. So Elon Musk introduced this thing called the Cybertruck, which I actually, until like about 24 hours before the event, didn't ever think about or care about. I mean, I like was vaguely aware of its existence, like that he was talking about it. Um, and I, for some reason, I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to do the 18-wheeler or whatever. But that's actually not what they were. I was like, oh, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this is that other thing. And then uh, they he announced it, and it's like it is – just in a completely outrageous, totally off the wall, t- com- just shocking and surprising, uh, uh, weird new vehicle that looks like a cross between like, I said, it looks like a low poly Hummer, um, the car. And I'd say it kind of, it's extremely Lara Croft. PS1. It looks like, it looks like, yeah, I mean, it looks more like a metal gear PS one sort of vehicle. It, it is it looks like it's very warthog yeah it's like a delorean it's like twisted it's metal. like a delorean on crack i mean i don't know i can't explain it it's just fucking i'll say this was wait was the original delorean not on crack? No, it's on, on more on more no it's like but the but the um but it's i think personally i think it's really fucking cool and uh and and weird and daring and like look i mean and i wrote a thing but my thing was basically like you don't have to like elon musk i kind of don't but i have to i you do have to give it to him i mean i'm i'm like in it's it blows me away that i now have a car that is like the most like technologically advanced car i've ever owned or seen and i plug it in instead of putting gas in it and i in my entire life i never thought that would be a reality like this guy like upended our like total preconceived notion of what cars could be and like i'm i think it's really thrilling to see somebody not just release like show a picture of something cool and then release like a really watered down version of it which is like what a lot of car companies do but to just literally release like the concept car version of this thing like maybe it will not work at all but it's just extremely amazing to see it happen 
And the car just looks like insane. It looks so insane. It's like no other car on the road. And like, I really admire, like, I love any car that ever tries to just like fucking go for it. And there are very few that go for it because most of them all look the same. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, I am I have to live by my principles and say applaud everybody who tries something new in any sort of technology or fashion space because, God, it, are we starving for it. But my big question about the Cybertruck, and I think this is more of a philosophical question, is who will be the first person to put truck nuts on it? Well, it seems like you think it'll be Grimes. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, and then so everybody's like, everybody's like, all these. So what? What actually? What actually? Kind of like elicited the the me writing was I saw these people on on Twitter who were like these armchairs. Suddenly, everybody's like an industrial design critic. And they're like, this is fucking stupid. Like, oh, they the car you drew when you were 12 or whatever. And it's like, it's like, listen, like I get, you know, but like, I see this all the time with design all the time. People are like, that's fucking disgusting. And then like two years later, they're like, I use it all the time. Like it literally people is this hate thing. new things. I mean, that's really what it is. People hated the look of the Prius and now every single car looks like an extreme Prius. It It's yeah. But with like the Prius is actually just like a very slight deviation from a regular car, but it's just like, it's just seriously like everybody wants to shit on all the new things. Cause like it's easy and fun to be like, that's gross and weird. And I hate it. Cause I don't understand it. But like the reality is a lot of the stuff that is like the fringe design becomes like the center design and like if and i and i mentioned this in my in my piece about like you know in the era of paul rand who is you know uh, the designer who designed the ibm logo uh if you don't know him like look him up he's fucking awesome not to be confused with rand paul that's right and not to be confused at all um you know and if you showed him the designers republic which is like the the designers republic are the designers ian anderson the designer that created like the wipeout look and feel and like all of the warp record stuff and like pop will eat itself and all these like revolutionary like 90s and early 2000s design like if you had shown that to somebody during the the the, the paul rand era that he everybody would have been like Ugh, what the fuck is this and that's true for like so many things but the reality is like sometimes you just need to there needs to be like a little bit of a of a a stick that makes everybody move. And I think that um, the test, the actual Tesla as it exists now, the modern, you know, current day Teslas are a great example of this, which is like, you know, Mercedes and Ford and all these companies are like, Hey, we have an, we're doing electric cars too now. And like, we have a thing, it goes 300 miles. And it's like, yeah, like suddenly everybody wants to have a electric car because like people really want them. And that has never happened before in the history of automotives in the world. And so anyhow, I'm just saying like, New things are good and people should fucking try new things. And whenever I see somebody make their hair trigger, like I hate this because it's new. Uh, I'm like, yeah, you, you hate it now because like you are bad at, you know, you're bad at like accepting or understanding new things. But like soon when it's mainstream, you'll be like, yeah, that's the shit, you know? Well, it's also like the new normal is to um, dunk on and ironically tweet and be like hateful and like, you know, snarky. Um, that has become like immediately everyone's got to attempt their two minute tight two on whatever topic is at the mainstream. <laughs> yeah, two and, seconds, actually. Yeah. And the, 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 the funny thing about all of this is that nobody's funny. And uh, I'm, I think maybe I'm also just getting burned out on the like, I hate this reaction to everything because like especially like like listen like steve jobs is no uh like peach of a man I, I don't think there's anybody who's ever reported that he was a wonderful friend and great to be around 
but it doesn't mean he didn't do really important work and move things forward in an important way. And like, obviously it was in a context of a specific time where now we have to be more critical of like consumerist culture. But I don't, I, if people think that this truck is this fucking environmentally friendly truck that is actually forward thinking is in some way cooler than a Hummer and it appeals to a certain crowd of people in a cool way, design wise, good. Like that's good. Like great. I, I, I have nothing. I'll make my couple jokes, but like, I have nothing. I don't know. Like I can criticize Elon as a person, like he, especially right before it launched, he was tweeting like the official truck of Mars. And it's like, you really don't have to do that. And like the, this, the level of like obnoxious egoism (laughs) and he does. I mean, I was talking to someone earlier today at lunch and they said, you know, he just, he can't help but want to be like meme daddy. And like, it's, it's his least redeeming quality. Yeah. Well, here's what, but it doesn't make the truck bad. I mean, what's actually so amazing about the Tesla is that it, despite my sort of like disdain for the person who, the per, at least the personality of the person who created it, like I actually don't think Elon Musk is like a, I mean, I think he's like one of these like smart, dumb people, like, and I've probably talked about this before, like he's smart, very smart in some ways, but very dumb in others, but it's like clearly like, I don't know. I mean, he's like weirdly like bad at a lot of things, but smart at a few things. And I mean, I think maybe that's true of a lot of smart people, but um what do I know? What would I know about smart people? But um, the, the it's like you, I was kind of just saying like one, I wouldn't count this guy out because he clearly has done something no one else in the world could do. And two, it's like you're like the the reaction to new things. Like we have to like, you know, it's never it's never going to be widely accepted that people can react well to new things. But like that kind of like that pile on is just it just it just annoys me so much because it's like it's not like it's coming from a place of like you know what i've spent years thinking about design and thinking about the way people interact with these things and like now i have an opinion it's like i've seen cars on how they normally look and how i think they should look and now i see a new thing that i don't like and i'm going to talk shit on it it's like i'm not saying you can't comment on things like you can obviously if you're not an expert in the field but i just think a lot of like people who are suddenly have like a lot of very specific design criticism are not people who like have a history of design criticism and, you know, just sort of like annoying. And well, it's, it's part of the spectrum of like, everyone feels the need to have an opinion on everything all the time. And like, we don't need a press release about every single thing from everybody. And like, like if something happens in the world wide in Disney's wild world of sports, I don't need to, uh, I don't need to throw in my hat on like a joke or a take. And I think I'm maybe just getting a little tired of and burned out on, um, people coming into the shit that I know about and having right. some like some like big opinions and I don't know I, I guess it it's also like further to your point and maybe I'm just restating your point it's like let's evaluate this and when it has like a larger impact and like make your own personal purchasing decisions but like the guy's obviously trying to do something that's both cool and innovative but also like there is a level of like good altruism to it and like it's not as if he this isn't like thoughtfully designed and marketed and thoughtfully like like he what you 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 found the time to dunk on elon musk who actually like i don't have to like him personally but actually it seems like him and his team put a lot of effort into making something worth introducing into the market but you don't have any time to snark like fucking toyota who's just churning out the usual bullshit actually toyota has gotten way worse environmentally in recent years and their design has gotten worse and their products have gotten worse and nobody has anything to say about that like i get it he like asked for the attention and so you're giving it to him but 
I don't know. I, maybe I'm just, uh, there's just so much shit in the world. Well, but do we have I mean, to, to be like, clear, I'm not defending Elon Musk. I want to, I want to stress this. I'm not, I'm defending the, the truck and, and his team. I don't, well, I'm not, I don't think everyone at Tesla needs to I'm be painted saying, with the same brush that I paint their head guy with. But I'm really just saying, I wouldn't want anyone to do that to me. The truck looks rad. And, you know, even if you want to, even if you want to shit talk and shit on Elon Musk, it's hard to deny his success in something that is, has been almost impossible to find success in. I, I just, I just can't wait for the day when he shoots one into space. <laughs> That's, that could be taken a lot of different ways. I gotta say that, <laughs> that statement. God, please don't make me picture that. So, uh, in other news, yes, uh, my Google Stadia just arrived, and you know we did our review of it. This is week. that a good thing or a bad thing? I purchased one because I expect that in two years it will be a funny thing that I own, it's similar to my Gizmondo. Uh, uh-huh. I I am also in the X Cloud like beta program, and so talking from my like limited experience comparing these products. Uh, Google does not understand gamers or gaming or like this space yet. I'm not saying that they won't, you know, throw money at the problem and and brute force their way in, but it's very similar to Apple getting into producing TV shows where it's like, okay, you're just like jumping into like a hundred year old culture and like a hundred year old industry and not really knowing like the lay of the land or like where's up and where's down. And you're uh, Google's asking for hundred and twenty dollars for a service that isn't even half baked really yet and i mean i have to give it to them it works like the thing works it's not great but it works but um it's <sighs> okay i wish I, could, I had a funnier take on this but generally like google stadia it, it's a little bit like depressing that so much time and energy is being thrown at something that like fixing something that I don't think is a, really a problem and from somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing like game the price of the Google Stadia with its monthly subscription before you're even a year into it, you could have bought a PS4 and like, then you physically own your games and you don't have to be connected to the internet and it works better. And there are better games there. Um, and I get that they're just like trying to get in early and this will be a long-term commitment for them. Uh, you know, as long-term as Google can get with products, but like the game selection is terrible. It's all very expensive for something that you don't properly own. Like, it it they're one original unique fucking exclusive it's a really bad game um the controller is uninspiring but using it with chromecast is not the like really the best way to play it the playing it on your phone is ugly as fucking sin like it is the ugliest way to play a video game i genuinely would rather play a game on my n-gauge than with their controller and weird phone setup it's so bad they put the phone over your hands so you can't see yourself using the controller it's so bad i I think if you've got to look at the controller though right you're already in trouble i'm no expert but uh yeah but it's just weird to have your phone floating between you and the controller it's just not the way my brain works when i'm playing a game um i don't know who told them that i wanted my hands under my nintendo switch like what i get it uh it's not it's not great i i will commend them that it does work better than i imagined it would but if you load xcloud you get all of the games with Game Pass Ultimate, and there's a bigger selection, and Microsoft does a better job of curating them, and the service works just as well, and the Xbox controller is better, and it is cheaper, and you also can get an Xbox and play your games. So, like, I don't understand why you would go for Google Stadia. Uh, yeah. 
The Chromecast yeah. is good. I'm glad I have a Chromecast would I, now. Would I? I mean, my complaint is that I feel like it really works if you are including a lot of like games as part of the subscription. If it was ten dollars a month and you got access to at least two hundred games, they don't even have to be new. I could be like, yeah. get this for your no, kid. I this mean, is fine. I'm saying, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, like, it just something. Just throw me a bone, you know? But for 120 bucks to then ask me for 120 bucks to play last year's Assassin's Creed game, and it's not any better looking or more responsive, it doesn't have any extra features, it's a real bold ask for a community of people that like so thoroughly rejected the Xbox One's original vision because they wanted to be able to buy cheap used games. Like gamers are savvy about getting deals and like wanting to own their shit, and game preservation is like a bigger and bigger deal to the, a lot of these people. And it's, I don't know. I just don't see it for this product. Uh, I, maybe I will be proven wrong. Again, maybe Google can just throw money at the problem. I mean, I'm sure they can. But I also don't know why they want to get into gaming so badly at all anyway. Like, they're not very great at gaming on Android. And I don't think gaming is a market that, like, is so stable and makes so much money for console makers that Google, who already has more money than God, like, needs to get into it. And I don't think that, like, consoles themselves are fundamentally need fixing right now i think they're pretty great so i don't really know like why we're doing this but i mean i i, I competition's competition i'm not going to tell them not to like throw their hat in the ring i just don't see it for this right now well i mean they yeah it's it's a little curious as to why they're in it at all like what the motivation here was ultimately you know and now Amazon is saying that they're going to do a game streaming service through Twitch, which is just like every time anybody makes a new product, Amazon has to make like a fucking photocopy of a photocopy, like, the, you know, diet Pepsi version of it. And it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, but maybe there's a, maybe there's a very good reason why we should all be getting the stadia. I don't know what it is. Maybe Google knows. Maybe they're going to solve. One thing I do like about this whole idea, although I don't like the idea about not having things local, I think there should be a way to like have things, at least some part of it be local. I mean, I, I realize they're streaming, but it's like, I, I mean, I, but wait, but wait, so wait, 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 wait. When they remaster like Death Stranding for the PS5, you'll have to buy another copy of it, but you'll get all these upgrades for it and it'll look visually better. But when someone upgrades their game on the app store, generally they update the app. So if you already bought it, you get that upgrade. What happens with a Google Stadia game that gets a remaster or a DLC bundle or like, you know, how Mario Kart 8 came out and then Mario Kart 8 Ultimate or whatever came out. And it's like, what happens to your Stadia game? Like they haven't explained any of the logistics of this yet and it's a lot of money to ask for people from people with no like road map right i yeah i don't know i don't get it honestly i just don't maybe maybe i'm that guy you know um but uh i just don't fully um like video games are not youtube videos and they're fundamentally treating them like youtube videos right now yeah yeah i mean but you know work for youtube right yeah but it hasn't worked for youtube music no it hasn't worked for google music it hasn't worked for like google movies it hasn't worked for so like i don't really i don't know i'm not like seeing it for it but you know what again i'm not going to shit on a big company coming in and creating competition in what is essentially a three-way race for the last 20 years right well although right i mean good i mean even though it won't amount to anything i mean i mean i feel like this is a classic google move where they just 
are like, yeah, we'll do it. We can do it. Like we're put a, we're gonna put a little like marketing juice behind him. And they, they did this commercial with, um, with uh, Reggie Watts. Is that who's in it? Yeah. Which is like a bad commercial in my opinion. Also has a guy who kind of looks like Chad from Nickelback. Chad Kroger, yeah. I believe his name it, is. I, is it him? No, it's not. It's not. But I, I was like, is that Chad from Nickelback? And I realized that the sentence, is that Chad from Nickelback, works both with a proper noun and a non-proper noun. <laughs> is that Chad from Nickelback? Is that Chad from Nickelback? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. A hundred percent. Good. Great. That's good. I love it. Uh, all right. What else is going on? I mean, honestly, I got nothing to say about Stadia. I don't know. I mean, it's just not. It doesn't. I got nothing. Well, I don't know if you're interested in this, but in other video game news, um, mm. they're making a new Half-Life game, mm. uh, which yes. they have not obviously made in a very long time. I am interested in it, but I'm a little bit of a, a mad about it. Because it's VR? Yeah. It's fucking annoying. I mean, they're using their, their the like crown, the like crown jewel of their vault. It would be like if Disney like was like only going to ever release Beauty and the Beast if you bought their $900 like projector. And it's basically them being like, you can, if you buy the Valve Index, which we weren't sure a lot of people were going to buy, we'll give you a new Half-Life game. And it's a little like, I can see what you're doing. Yeah. I can see what you're, I see you. I'm like, listen, I, I'm, you know, I'm there. I'm like, oh, wow, I might have to get this vr headset that they made which i wasn't even like, i was only vaguely aware of and like maybe it'll work but i i'm sorry i have a family okay i don't see myself like in the vr gear like i can play disappearing into your goggles the moment you get home to your family i can play for this is the like i i can play i can play for like maybe two hours a night if i'm really lucky you know and also you can play a switch game or a ps4 game and pause it yes yes you can put it down you can put, yes i can get into bed i can get into bed i can fucking play on the switch she can also sit with you and play that you can't do that with vr yeah she's not going to she's not going to but the point is I I do not want to get into a fucking VR headset to play a game. I love the idea of Zelda playing Death Stranding with you. There may be she's not <laughs> she well, actually that might be like a good game for her to play with me because like it a lot of it is nothing happening for a long time. Um, <laughs> which is good, just wandering, which she's into. I just I think like what I'm saying is like I don't want to have to put on a VR headset to play a fucking game that doesn't seem to actually need a VR headset. I'm sure it has some great moments. I'm sure it like, you know, has some jump scares or whatever, like, but seriously, um, I don't feel like it's, uh, it's necessary to, you know, fucking, I, I don't want to get into gear to just enjoy a game. And so anyhow, it's robbing me of an experience that I desperately would like to have which is playing the new half-life game which is like now maybe this is the trick and they're going to force me to buy the fucking thing i'm gonna be jacked into the matrix and next thing you know i'll be murdered while i'm vring i hope you're happy <laughs> we can only we can only hope so uh in other happier google related news yes. google has changed their ad policy uh, around political ads to highly restrict how politicians and political agencies and organizations can uh, target advertising at people, mm -hmm. uh, which is a little bit of just a dunk on Facebook, but also just like a net good for the world. I think anybody who is creating barriers to um, politicians um, advertising and targeting to people, that's a that's a plus. Yeah, really a Google plus. Wow, please don't. What I'd like to see in this in this uh, economy is I'd like to see um, <laughs> the I would like to see a law passed that basically is like uh, all politicians get like X amount of dollars to do their thing if they make it like past the primaries or whatever. Like maybe you can spend whatever you want 
through the primaries, or you can spend some like number up to some number of your own money through the primaries. And then post primaries, like the, the, whoever the people are just get like X amount of dollars from the government to run their campaigns, which is basically how they do it in other countries. I mean, honestly, it should just be like, we should have a, a, a no private money in a political, I don't know, maybe that's bad, maybe that's wrong, but it should be something like-, like just, just roll back Citizens United and you're halfway there. Well, Citizens United is a problem because it's like corporations are people, therefore like they can give money in a way that is that makes no fucking sense. Money is free speech and corporations are people just, and nothing matters. I'm just saying we need to limit, like if we could just limit the amount of money that's being spent advertising to people about politicians, it would dramatically change like who we elect. Yeah. You know? I mean- Maybe for better, maybe for worse, but let's give it a try. With every, with almost everything, I'm like, we've tried it your way. Let's try it a new way. You know, mm-hmm. like, so you're saying you want big structural change, big structural change, the kind that only my new favorite candidate Andrew Yang can bring about. <laughs> That's right. I'm in the Yang Gang, folks. I don't know. I liked Andrew Yang at the debate the other night. He was saying some stuff I agreed with, and then he'd be like, "That's why we need AI." And I'm like, "Hold it a second. Hang on, slow down. Well, I think Andrew Yang, Amy Klobuchar, and Pete Buttigieg are all using the same um, uh, uh, trick, which is they say phrases that we've heard other people that we like say, and they say them in tones of voice that we very much like, and they say them in response to questions we want answered. Yeah. And then the rest of it is all horrible and bad. And and, and so is Marin Williamson is doing this. Oh, well, she's fucking whatever. She's out of the mix, man. But like Pete had me fully tricked for a month by using progressive phrases and being gay. Man, you fucking love Pete. You're like, Pete's my dude. No, he. I didn't love him. I was just like, I like that he's in the race, and it means a lot to me. And now I'm like fully trying to stop him with every facet of no, my gay here's agenda. The thing, here's the thing about Pete. I hate him. He's smart. He's a smart guy. He's like, he's like at a point where... He's a smart, craven, self-involved He's dude. at a point now when I hear him talk, I'm like... You just you just sound too good at this. Like I'm like I, I don't I don't need to hear some folksy bullshit or whatever. But like he's like the fucking music man. He's a little too slick, and I know why he's slick because every answer to a question comes back to being about Pete and not about what he wants to do wow, for people. Okay. Well, my how the tide has turned. My how the tide has turned. Why can't gay people support other gay people? Honestly. Honestly, <laughs> really. Um, no, but look, I feel bad. I like Pete. The first time I heard him and saw him, I was like, this guy could be the guy. And then, um, you know, now he sucks. So that's a problem. Yeah. That's a real problem. But you're in the Yang gang. So all is well. I'm not in any gang, but I, okay. I, and I certainly would not be in the Yang gang, though I, do, I don't think he's completely insane. Uh, I mean, he sounds like he's got some okay ideas. And um, like, I think that maybe. He sounds like a digital prophet. One might say, yeah, he's like Shingy. It's just like Shingy. <laughs> um, but I would, I am interested in uh, figuring out who this fucking candidate's going to be, so we can get on with things. I don't. I'm not sorry. I didn't mean to take it into politics, but you, you know, you made me think it, of Andrew Yang. It, it, you can't avoid it at this point because when you've got Tim Cook, like, and Zuckerberg fucking having fucking dinners Tim with Cook. Trump. And showing up in their ad, his we're being, ads. We're being like, betrayed by no. Look, I'm Ryan. I don't want to. I don't want to put it on you. But gay we're being, men are we're being turning against us. All the gays are fucking turning on on the people. You know? you know, it's like it's like look. You know, we got the, all of a sudden. You know, all of a sudden, you got all these rights, and now you're turning on us. Well, I think the most important thing you need to know about white gay men is that they're white men. Gay marriage gets passed, and fucking Tim Cook's hanging out with Trump. What gives? Listen, when you told us we could have money and suck dick, now we're Republicans. (laughs) 
Oh boy, there goes our one listener, Tony. Um, listen, I, I just, I'm just, I you know the Tim Cook, the Trump thing is really infuriating. I, I thought The Verge had a good um, story on it where they were just like, uh, by the way, this is all bullshit. Like, this is not a plant where this shit's being manufactured, and also this has been here, and also it's not even an Apple plant, and also they weren't even at that plant. It's like very good shit. I mean, I just think, I think, like, I'm sorry if I was Tim Cook, and they were like. The president wants to meet with you at your factory and and like deliver some remarks. I'd be like, yeah, we're not, we don't really want to politicize what we're doing. Sorry, like, no thanks. Like, dude, you have more money than Jesus. Like, you can fucking just say no. I I really loved that scene on Succession where um, Logan Roy called the president a fucking intern. And I wish that that was actually how some. I don't want corporations to be more powerful than the government, but in this exact moment, maybe I do. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I mean, you know, uh, this may be an unpopular opinion. Um, it's, you know, but I like, I think it's uh, possible for corporations to be run responsibly. Like, like look at fucking Patagonia, man. I'm, I, I fucking, st- I stand Patagonia. They, they're very good. I think I don't. Josh is over here arguing for Reaganomics on behalf of Newman's own. I like, I like, I uh, know Pat, <laughs> Patagucci, as some call it. I don't even own any Patagonia product. I actually bought, do I have anything from Patagonia? I don't think I do. I have been looking at a bag, though. You know me, I have a bag addiction. Um, uh, <laughs> Just bags of keyboard. That's your home. Bags filled with keyboards and then keyboards, weirdly stuffed with bags. Um, the, the, but, but here's what I will say. I, but it's possible to to run a corporation and not be a complete piece of shit. You know, it's just like, how can you fucking, how can you fucking, if you're Tim Cook, how can you fucking stand next to a guy who is fucking taking like the civil rights away from trans people, is forcing them out of the military? How can you fucking stand next to that shit bag and fucking smile? Like, I'm sorry. There is a time when you, you, you know, your fucking hero is Martin, Martin uh, fucking Luther King. Like, then take a fucking stand against this piece of shit. Fucking say it because it's really offensive to me that – that. and listen, uh, I, I own Apple products. I purchase Apple products. I have a fucking subscription to Apple TV Plus like an idiot because I like to punish myself. <laughs> um, but but you know, I, I've watched Dickinson, watched Dickinson like everyone else. I've watched Dickinson and trying to not be enraged with each scene. My point is how can you be fucking Tim Cook? I get it. I get it. You have a company to run, but you're making more money than God. You're fine. You're you're so fine. I, I'm a little fried at this moment, and I think maybe I made a comment earlier where I was like, I wish that that Logan Roy scene was real, and I actually don't. I think I just came to the conclusion of what I wish that was real. I wish the government and corporations were fighting with each other and trying to outcompete each other for my approval more. And they're not, they're like hanging out together to screw me. But I think that, I think that the president is an intern. He's not even as smart as an intern. Interns work hard and try to learn shit. I've worked with a lot of really good, hardworking interns. I was an intern and I definitely would have been doing a better job than this. Next topic. Do do you want to talk about Frozen 2? (laughs) Yeah, I'll talk about fucking Frozen 2. So I didn't realize it, but uh, Laura bought tickets for us to see Frozen 2 with Zelda. I mean, Zelda got hyped. You know, we saw the trailer. She's not even that into Frozen. Let me just say, we've seen Frozen a bunch of times. She doesn't give a fuck about Frozen. She's not singing Let It Go. She's not talking about Elsa and Anna. She's got a fucking costume laying around here somewhere, but she's not like 
it's she's not one of these kids who's like i i'm all about like i want to be elsa when i grow up or whatever no i think zelda is much more into being a vampire witch she's well she's actually more into being like an abused orphan like her whole thing is like uh, like annie <laughs> like annie matilda you put any fucking she'll gravitate towards any child who's like in an abusive like an abused or abusive situation i'm like i guess i think i think it's because She's in such a loving, healthy home environment here that she, 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 it's like, that seems like fun to her to be like an orphan living in an orphanage. You know, like, I like, I still think it, I don't think you would like it. Um, but, but, but so, yeah, so we bought tickets to Frozen 2. But so, I mean, she was into it, right? Like, I love that Zelda's like also like, I mean, listen, no kid is not going to stare at the screen when, yeah, you know, magic yeah. and songs and fucking Kristen Bell spinning in a circle. So I've seen it all. I've seen everything. I know all the spoilers. I know everything about it. And I got to tell you, I'm very disappointed. <sighs> Spoiler alert. I'm not going to give away big spoilers here, but I want to talk a little bit about the shape of things. First off, I think that they acknowledge in the new movie, they acknowledge that the first movie was a complete, like from a plot perspective, a total f- clusterfuck. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, just like it really, the plot is so insane and like out there and seems like they made like 16 changes, like while they were, you know, they made like 16 massive like plot changes while they were, you know, it's like, oh yeah, originally Elsa was supposed to be the bad character. Um, Like she's supposed to be evil, uh, which you kind of can see at any rate. Some very, very talented people had to work around a lot of notes. Yeah. And so, and so I think the new movie kind of like pays homage to that. Thank you. By I'm French now. Um, by how much? Yeah, by um, no, that did not sound French to me at all. Yeah, they pay homage to the first one by kind of making the plot totally insane in this one too. I will say, I mean, I think this this movie basically, and again, not not to spoil it for anybody, but I think this movie basically does confirm that Elsa's gay. I think I feel like they kind of go there. I think you need to see it and tell me, but you know, that's a really big controversy. People are like, we want Elsa to be gay. I'm like, I think she might be honestly based on this film. That's my vibe. The vibe I'm picking up, which is great. It's about time. But I thought like she was literally going to like have a girlfriend in this movie. And I was disappointed. No offense. I mean, no, no spoiler intended, but spoiler. She doesn't get a girlfriend in this movie. Let me just say that would have been cool though. would have been amazing. I mean, I was kind of waiting for like, we were in like a suburban audience. I was kind of waiting for like something like that to happen. So I could see, like people storm out of the theater. Yeah. But it, they didn't go they didn't go there. Yeah. And even if they did, they would have done it in a way that like could easily be removed for Chinese audiences. Yeah, it's very good. I'd like to see it again. I mean, it's it was very entertaining, very funny, and like, you know, it's frozen two. It's gonna make, you know, five trillion dollars, I hope, so they can make a frozen three. You know, that's all I want. So okay, that's my review of Frozen. I two. just want to know what happens to Olaf for the next forty years of my life. I mean, Olaf, there's actually some pretty intense Olaf stuff in this new movie. No spoilers. Um, well, I don't want to spoil it, but there's some definitely like Olaf has a big role. For our all Google spectacular today, there's another Google story. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Uh, Google hired a labor busting firm to stop its workers from unionizing. And that only spurred the workers into throwing their second biggest protest in Google history against management. Wow. Do they expect they they actively hire the smartest, sharpest, like most collaborative people in the world? They do everything they can to find those people and put them in a room together, and then they expect them to not suss out that like, hey, if we all work together, we could change this place. I just like I just like I just think it's like this. I mean, I'm sorry, guys, but like you're big enough that you definitely like need to just let your fucking people unionize and deal with it. You're Google. You literally are the fucking single source on the internet where people find information you have enough money and enough power oh yeah 
Um, yeah, I think, look, at this point, it's like if you're Google, you need to just suck it up. You're big. You're fucking huge. You're gigantic. You're one of the biggest tech companies in the world. You employ so many people. Same thing with Amazon. It's like, I'm sorry. Like, if you're not making enough money to support, like, dealing with a union, then your business is bad and you should go out of business. Like, I actually think. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe, a- maybe it'll have to be free three-day shipping. I think you could. Yeah, weather like, the like, storm like, no 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 no. come on don't fuck around with that come on seriously i gotta get my two-day shipping going um <laughs> the, the i don't care who has to pay for it um i don't care who has to suffer I, it's the poor I, think, I do think i do think like i do think like like you know it's it's we're at a time when corporations just exercise i mean these especially i just want to stress this like these large corporations that are so they have so much like They're so soaked into like the soil, you know, they're so part of like the atmosphere, you know, like an Amazon, Google, Facebook, uh, 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 Apple, Twitter. I mean, are Apple employees unionized? No, they are not. Oh, wow. I mean, like, why aren't they? Is it that good? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just a totally different thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe people at Apple are just ecstatic, like, and feel great and never have um never have a problem and never I feel think like they need act- to organize apple actually does have a fairly healthy and i'm sure if apple employees want to reach out and bitch slide into them dmm they get a diversity issue oh yeah i mean please by the way uh tips at inputmag.com facebook manages to avoid these conversations because it just outsources any unpleasant jobs out to a subcontractor as opposed to facebook proper and like uh, but it, it's like amazon and google uh, they're so large and so powerful. And if their employees feel they need to unionize because they can't sleep at night with the moral decisions of the corporation, like can the couple of the people at the top, like find their inner Jiminy cricket and just like take that seriously. Because like, again, I hate being the person that fucking hits this beats this drum every week on the show. Moral, the moral decision isn't just because it's all nice and butterflies and rainbows. It's also long-term better for business. So like, just nut up. You can handle it. You could take the short-term hit if it's like long-term better for both your business, your workers, and like planet Earth where we all happen to like have our house right now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fuck you. Just for, just for the moment, though. I mean, yeah, we'll all be in our cyber trucks on Mars soon enough. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, so what are we? What are we fucking worried about? I don't understand why we're stressing out about this situation. It's absurd. Totally absurd. Anyhow, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I think Google's got to like. I just feel really strongly like they've got to deal with it. You know? Am I crazy? Am I nuts? I don't know. I just think like you're big enough. You're strong enough. You can you can do it. You can work with a union. So in another interesting story, and I would like to hear your viewpoint on this because I generally don't know how I feel about it. Um, Nest cameras are in a little bit of a scandal because they have pronounced. Boy, Amsterdam really had a huge impact on you. Uh, it ends up that Nest cameras are a really great way to film hijinks from trick or treaters, but you don't have any rights to air putting those kids on the internet. And like, so Nest has been in a little bit of a fight with people about the level of like, again, privacy stuff. But their latest thing is like, they're people are think that they're Jimmy Kimmel and they're trying to create like these viral videos where like I gave a kid, you know, a noogie instead of a nougat, and like they'll like put other people's kids on the internet and they'll be filming other people, even they're filming delivery people and putting them on the internet and being like, look at this asshole or this guy didn't do it right, and like 
Nest is saying like, well, it's no different than any other security camera. We're not any different. But the difference is like you're purposely targeting and rolling out extremely easy ways to videotape anybody, especially minors in like uh, rural areas, in places where people don't have a certain level of expectation of privacy, especially for kids. Mm. Um, And it kind of gets into that area where like in California, there is some law saying that you can't take pictures of other people's kids in public, which is a level of like, it's like an anti-paparazzi law, which just happens to be help might happen to be helpful in this scenario. But um, I don't think I'm not comfortable with like, I get the necessity of having a Nest camera for some people. I certainly have had packages stolen out of the lobby of my old apartment, and it was infuriating. Uh, but if they're not building in some kind of protection, which is like it auto-blurs faces unless law enforcement unlocks it, or some kind of attempt at protecting people's privacy, especially kids, uh, I don't know that I'm comfortable with like a company putting its cameras like like ring doorbells putting their cameras i keep saying nest but it applies to ring as equally um those cameras right on um on kids and you know we've talked in the past about having these cameras in your homes and like i wouldn't i personally wouldn't go for it i would maybe go for like a closed circuit private system but i really wouldn't be using like a cloud-based system from a large corporation um i don't know what do you think about all of this it's kind of sticky well first off i think that that I mean, there's a, we never, I knew a lot of people who use, we probably talked to this before, a lot of people who use Nest to monitor their baby. I was like, I'm not going to fucking stream my shit to a server somewhere to see what my daughter's doing in her bedroom. Um, and also it's, there's a delay. So it was like kind of annoying and useless in my opinion. Um, like literally the, the like in-home transmitter, like the ones from like 2002 are like still the best type of like monitor you can get for a kid. Um, but, uh, but, but the ring, the whole ring situation is fucked up. I mean, ring is fucked up. Ring is like, like I get, like I'm down with ring. If like you're using it for, you want to see who's at your door. That's it. Not to record them, not to upload their shit to the internet, not to, um, to call the police on somebody who looks suspicious because, like you're a scared white person or whatever you are. Like, it's like all a bunch of like fucking white people who are like, you know, I've never seen a black person before. And they're like, I'm worried. This person's too brown yeah, and they're, they're on like, my doorstep. I don't know what to do. And it's like, you know, it is, it seriously fucking is like, it's like become like a tool of like, like, like uh latently racist people who don't realize like, they're like, oh, wait, I'm profiling is what I'm doing. Um, But so like the ring ring is fucked up because it's like I'm doing stop and frisk, but just on my own like, doorstep. <laughs> l- yeah, like exactly. But so 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 like I think the thing is like uh, ring should not encourage or enable the behavior. You know, I don't think that we have such a widespread problem of like porch theft in America that we need to start cataloging and profiling every person who steps on your who steps like up to your house. And I think it's especially troubling when you consider like that children might, you know, that using the images of children who are not your own in any way is like, I mean, it's extremely messed up. Like it's extremely like bad and wrong and you shouldn't do it. Uh, And I think that Ring should, I mean, (laughs) Ring should crack down on a lot of the shit that it does, but clearly it's a part of their business. Um, which I find to be extremely disturbing. I mean, they just keep saying we're we're like every other security camera, but in fact, you are not like every other. But security also, just, camera. yeah, I mean, we need to like we need to we need to to get we need to start to step back from this like 
police state that we're creating for ourselves. I mean, we need to like, people need to recognize that we are contributing to a panopticon that is, is of our own making and it's very unhealthy and it's a very unhealthy way to live. Like it's very bad to know. I mean, I know it comes down to like, you know, email tracking and like even to some extent, like when you can see people typing, like we're, it's like, it's like we we're peering too far into, into things that don't naturally need to be peered into. And it's, it's like destroying how we, how our brains work. And so I think that, you know, fundamentally, like our comfort should be way, we should be way less comfortable when each one of these things is presented. And I think that it, it, unfortunately for us, it is up to companies, the companies that, that own these uh, technologies and, and just make decisions about how they function to police them because there is no responsible um, self-policing going on and there is no responsible governmental policing going on of this stuff. But like the reality is at some point we need to step back and, and, and evaluate whether we're con- whether it's actually contributing to, you know, the, an improvement of our lives or if it is creating a police state that we're all living in that we have created where everybody's a suspect, everybody should be, you should be suspicious of everybody. Everything is like a cause for paranoia. And we're also being observed uh, 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 observed, uploaded, analyzed by, you know, forces well beyond our control or understanding. So like, you know, I get that's a kind of a big picture thing, but like, I want, now look, I'm not going to boycott Amazon over this. There's plenty of things to boycott Amazon over. That's a much longer conversation, but, but I mean, if you're going to do a boycott of Amazon, people, people keep saying that data is the new oil, but it's not the new oil. It's the new money. And you're giving away your money. Like, you have to think about it when you make a trade, sometimes what you're purchasing is not with just money up front. It is with your data and information up front. And like that is what pays for you to use Facebook. Is Facebook worth it to you? I mean, and I, I'm not even sure that like I'm not even sure if if money is the I mean, we should find out we should try to figure out really we really not you and you and not the two of us, like we're not going to solve it, but we should try to figure out like, what is the equivalent? Like, I'm not even sure there are, there is an equivalent to what is happening that you can say it's like this for that or whatever. You know, a lot of people, I mean, I think we strive in life to always try to say like data is the new X, like to your point. Um, It's something different. It's actually not. I mean, in the way that money is money and oil is oil, money and oil aren't the same thing. They operate in different ways. They connect. Yeah. But they have different functions and different powers. Um, I think that we need to actually look at data. We need to start to think of your personal data and data in general as whatever, as, as, as a more true representation of what it is. I think that because data is, first off, is such an abstract concept and also because it could be so many things and it and has been so many things as it has evolved – like it's harder, much harder for people to even think about as a, as a kind of commodity. Right. And that's what it is. It's like, it's like, it is something Mm -hmm. that can be traded for something else. And it is something that has value, but it's a different kind of trade and a different kind of value. And so, you know, what, what we should all be trying to figure out is like, what's the best way to get everybody in the world understanding what the, what the value of data is and what data represents when we talk about it and what the right set of like fears and paranoia and protection we need to think about when we think about data. And so I think because because the problem is it's such an invisible entity. It's such a, you know, you don't think about what your devices are doing when they're doing them. You're not like, oh, this is streaming out. to. I mean, yes, of course, if you're streaming like video or audio or whatever, it's a very one-to-one. You're like, okay, now I have this like real-time connection out to this other thing. 
but like on a daily basis, you're not like, you know, when you're using the Nest Cam and it's performing as, as expected and you're not like, there's no, you don't have to go like refill the tank. You know, you don't have to like put a credit card somewhere and swipe it. It just is there. It just is going one way and the other. So I think that we need to start to think about how we conceptualize data in a way for people that we're, where we can get them thinking about its function in, in a material, in the way it materially attaches to all of the devices and all of the software and all of the things that we use to communicate uh, and don't even intend to communicate with. So, you know, no one who buys the almost probably 99.9% of the people who buy the ring doorbell are not like, like this data, maybe this stuff shouldn't go somewhere else. They're like, oh, this is how this thing works. Like there's not even a question. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, this goes over here and whatever. It's like not an issue. No one ever tells them and it's not clear to them that it is. And so of course people just use it. And I think that, that we need to have, I mean, look at the end of the day, it's regulations is the answer. You know, you're fucking telling me that we're passing regulations where I can't have, I can't be cookied uh, in a browser, but you can send a picture of my face from your uh, doorbell camera somewhere that I don't want it to go. Like which data is more valuable? My, my digital identifier that says what I purchase on the internet or like my literal like face, you know, like actual, like, like my actual presence in the physical world at a certain time. It's fucked up. Anyhow, there's a lot to think about here, a lot to unpack, Ryan. And I don't think we're going to get to all of it on this episode of tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, I do, but I do love to ramble, as you know. Well, I actually have some news for you, Josh. We're going to stay uh. here until we solve it all. <laughs> <laughs> We're stuck. Tony, you're in luck. We're on this episode until we solve the internet. Uh, you know, the cool thing about it is, though, you know, if you just log off. Yeah, we just got to unplug the whole thing and start over. That's my dream is to is to get a. Uh, you know, get like a scoop, get some scuba gear on and dive down to the bottom <laughs> of the ocean floor where that cable is and get like a, some kind of like lightsaber type of device that can also get wet. I assume, you know, can like work yeah. in water. Do lightsabers work in water? Have Are lightsabers waterproof? Tony, yes. I need you to write in. <laughs> I mean, would, white, would lightsabers boil water around them? Like yeah. They're obviously hot, right? Yeah, they would. They absolutely would. So Do wait, lightsabers so could, cauterize wounds? Hmm, like a low powered lightsaber. Can you can you adjust the power of a lightsaber to like stun? Are the colors representative of the power of the lightsaber or just no. the kyber crystal? No, I thought they were representative of like the alignment. I guess, but then you've got the see, purple because you never see because you never see a fucking you never see a bad guy with a blue lightsaber. No, no. Well, maybe we don't know. The Mandalorian oh. might have Dark some Ray. twists for us. Oh wow, we didn't <laughs> even talk about Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Well, we should have to spend two minutes on Baby Yoda. Also, I would like, I want to get, hold on, I want to get more facts about this lightsaber situation because I am curious now, like, like, can you use a lightsaber underwater? And if so, does the water get insanely hot to the point where like you really couldn't be in it? Anyhow, these are all things that are detailed in some fucking, fucking Star Wars, you know, wiki, which I should go look at. And I'm sure that, that the, the canon has changed four times and then everyone's going to be furious with us if we select one version of it. So. Anyhow, Baby Yoda, I don't, Baby Yoda. I don't think it's Baby Yoda. I think it's Baby Yaddle. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm fucking tired of, of uh, Yaddle being excluded from the conversation. This Yaddle erasure. Yes, Yaddle erasure is happening, and it's happening every day. Everybody's like, Yoda this and Yoda that. And it's like, there's a motherfucking other Yoda. That Yoda's Lady called Yoda. Lady Yoda. Lady. By the way, you know what I love? I actually watched a few minutes of a video on YouTube, and it was like, everything we know about this Yoda's species. 
And it's like, you know, the guy's like, there's also a female version of a Yoda named Yaddle. And that is kind of how he talked. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, it's like this guy did like a 15 minute video. And, you know, George Lucas, like I know that George Lucas was like, you know, getting high on his own supply or whatever. But I know for a fact, I feel very, str- I don't know for a fact, but I feel very strongly that I, th- I believe that George Lucas was like, oh, what if we had like a female Yoda? And that was the extent of his thought on Yaddle. I don't think he was like. I'm going to like go deep on the fucking situation here. I think he was like, Oh, female Yaddle. The fans will love that. And that or sorry, a female Yoda. The fans will love that. And that was it. And now people are like doing like deep ass. And same thing with Yoda. It's like, he's like, Yoda's mysterious. We don't know where he's from. He's very old. And like, I don't think George Lucas went a lot deeper on Yoda than that. And people are like, Mm -mm. it's rumored that he descends from the blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what guys, maybe we don't need to go that deep on this. I like to live in a place where we don't need all the backstory like i like yoda as being and i feel this way about a lot of canon i like it being mysterious and you can come up with your yeah, own yeah, head yeah. canon but it would stop formalized you guys like in one document yoda was listed as having four million midichlorians and it's like dude midichlorians aren't real number one too and i get it i like fucking comic book culture i love like the backstories and shit but i just feel like particularly with like star wars there's a lot of like i know there's been a lot of like stuff written about it and a lot of like, there's a lot of the stuff that's canon and not canon i get it like it's been 40 years of this shit but i do feel a little bit like it all feels a bit tacked on to like the original idea which is like let's make a kind of like weird old guy who knows a lot of stuff yeah i i just feel like stories are better when you leave them open to what is needed for the best version of a story I mean, to some extent, and we don't need to create like a functioning hard real world that would actually happen yeah, because yeah, it isn't because yeah. fuck it, that's not how physics works so just yeah, shut the fuck up right. and have fun yeah. we're in space it's soap opera. Everybody's family and fucking and fighting. It's <sighs> cool. It's Real Housewives with fucking magic. I don't think it's actually that, my friend. I don't think it is. Well, I wish it was. Agree to disagree. I wish. Agree to disagree. I wish. All right. Anyhow, the point is, look, no, no, I'm not saying it's like, don't, don't, don't not enjoy the backstory. I love the backstory, but I just feel like sometimes a little bit, like it's a little bit like, like maybe you're doing more of George Lucas's work than George Lucas needs. Well, we were at drinks the other night. The input team went to a hotel bar, which was extremely expensive drinks that fucking wrecked That's me right. for the rest of the week. That's right. But they were so good. But um, we got into a conversation about who would be which Harry Potter house, which started ironically and then ended up with people actually arguing with each other. Oh, yeah. And we had to take a break for a moment and be like, oh, yeah, none of this is real. It was made up to sell like toys to children. <laughs> also, a funny bit, a piece of this information that you – a piece of information you may not know – after those drinks, I um, purchased uh, the Harry Potter book on audio uh, cassette, on audio, on, on uh, Audible, whatever the fuck it's called. So I started listening to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I listened to it just that one night, and that was it. <laughs> so I should give you a little... <laughs> A little sense of how dedicated I am to the Harry Potter universe. All right, let's, let's do... Let's so do nice things. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of my life. Okay, you wanna go first? Oh, you want me to go first? Oh my god! I think it's nice. Uh, Frozen Two. Um, I actually, I know one of my nice things, Cybertruck. Man, that's the only nice thing we need to talk about right now. I this has been a crazy week. I've barely had a moment to to take a break. That's very I, much how I feel. I, mean, I have a couple I, I mean, things, but this has not been a I don't, nice. I, week. I honestly, I honestly don't. Yeah, I mean, it's been like I, I'm like it's like impeachment and like building input and and editing and writing and um we're all very exhausted and tired and there's a lot going on and we're like prepping for uh for ces that's a whole other thing oh boy oh boy um and uh yeah i don't know i don't i i like 
I haven't had a minute to myself this week, so I don't even think I've had I've been able to enjoy anything. I mean, I like maybe your nice thing is that you'll get to get a little sleep this week. Yeah, no, I won't. But my nice thing is that I'm I'm uh I'm I'm looking forward to to not uh to having a weekend. The weekend. That's my mm. nice thing. I wish I had more. I wish I had more. Right You're now. working for the weekend. I feel like I'm, pr- I'm probably forgetting something, but I can't think of it right now. So I'm just gonna say I don't no, have any nice right. things except that I'm enjoying. I'm getting. We're gonna enjoy the weekend hanging out with Zelda. Two things. Uh, mine are very large concepts because that's where we're at at this wow. week. I have really over. This is maybe my most overbooked week in in recent history, and I'm glad it's ending. But uh, I love our team, and it feels like we're assembling like Power Rangers or the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I really love everybody on our team. And I'm not just saying that to hype up something that I'm working on. I I think we're all really nice, and we work well together. And Evan coming in has been so great. And I, you know, I only have it's worked a good little crew. I've only worked with Edgar online so far because we keep missing each other, uh, but we'll be together soon. And I, our crew is awesome. Our, our writers across this nation are all cool and awesome. We've been having a lot of memes and jokes and fun, and I just love it. And I'm very happy to be working with a cool group of people. So shout out to yeah, them. Good. Um, I agree. The other I thing agree. is uh, John and I obviously moved to a new apartment and Josh is sick of hearing about it, but John is having a tough time deciding what he wants for furniture and was having a tough time finding the time to go shopping for this stuff and make decisions about colors. And I've just been having a couple drinks at the end of the night and just fucking pulling the trigger on shit. Oh, wow. At first I was nervous that he was going to get mad, but every morning when he wakes up and we're getting, we're brushing our teeth next to each other, I go, Oh, look what I bought. And he goes, I love that. And you know what? Fuck it. Just have the confidence and the courage of your convictions. And remember that the color of your couch is not that important. You don't need to have a couple spite about it. hmm. I bought a couch that looks like the one from Central Perk and Friends. And guess what? We're going to have a lot of good memories on that couch. It doesn't have to be cool. It just has to be nice enough for the both of us. That's it. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. I think that's a great point. There's also something really liberating about just making a decision when you're struggling yeah. with like when you're struggling with especially with shit like couches and chairs and things for a house. Like the, in honestly, the age of I, the internet, there's so many couches. Just pick a much. couch. There's too much. I agree. To me, we often. live in a we live in the cheesecake factory problem, which is like, how do you pick a cocktail at the cheesecake factory? We live in the cheesecake factory. <laughs> we truly do. <laughs> the Trump era is very similar to a cheesecake factory. We're walking around inside of a gigantic cheesecake factory, and there's too many flavors. Gaudy place with too many options that is slowly dying with disgusting bathrooms that keep getting worse. You don't need it. You don't need all these all these cheesecake options. Just one piece of cheesecake is fine. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be new. Just give us just give us a piece of cheesecake and let us leave. Um, Tony, you know, look, thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate it. And we love you. Input will be worth it. I hope. I hope so. I hope for Tony. Tony's a tough critic, though. You know, we don't. Let's not. Let's get his opinion. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Uh, Though I just have been told that your family has been taken to a remote location in the bed of a Cybertruck. And I'm not saying it's Mars, but it might be Mars.